Hello, this is Dhyanesh from Newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Thursday, the 5th of November. India's coronavirus count today reached 83,64,086 after a rise of over 50,000 new infections. The death toll went up by 704 to 1,24,315. There are 5,27,962 active cases and 77,11,809 recoveries. Meanwhile, the Union Minister Prakash Javadekar yesterday said the Indian economy is recovering faster than expected. Niti Aayog member Dr. V.K. Paul said that there have been no unusual surge in COVID-19 cases over the past couple of weeks as opposed to fears ahead of the festive season. Moving to updates from different states, the Supreme Court asked the centre to issue necessary directions within a month to ban the use of disinfectant tunnels, fumigation and ultraviolet rays on humans to curb the spread of COVID-19 infection. As Diwali is around the corner, Delhi Chief Minister Arvind Kejriwal urged people in the national capital to not burst crackers in view of the worsening air pollution levels. In Karnataka, a total of 27.3% or 1.93 crore of its population was exposed to COVID-19 by mid-September, according to the findings of a Cero survey conducted by the State Department of Health and Family Welfare Services. The study estimates that 16.4% of the 15,624 samples studied developed antibodies against the virus on September 16. On the vaccine front, the Johns Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health has partnered with the International Institute of Health Management Research in Jaipur to offer two online courses on vaccine economics for policymakers and program managers to educate them on optimizing vaccine coverage during the pandemic. Yesterday, Adar Punawala, the CEO of Serum Institute of India, said that a vaccine against COVID-19 may be available in January 2021, provided approvals from regulatory bodies are in place in time. The Bombay High Court denied interim relief to Arnab Goswami in connection with his arrest on Wednesday. Goswami was arrested in connection with a case from 2018 when his name came up in a suicide note written by interior designer Anvay Nayak who, along with his mother, was found dead in his Mumbai flat in 2018. Goswami, who was sent to 14 days judicial custody by an Alibagh court, wanted the charges quashed and questioned his illegal arrest by the police. Saying that it wants to hear the matter in detail, a two-member bench of the court denied interim relief on Goswami's plea. The matter is further listed for hearing tomorrow, that is Friday, at 3 p.m. Meanwhile, the ministers and prominent members of the BJP are expressing their distress at Goswami's arrest. Yet, they have never been bothered about the dozens of men and women in the media who have been targeted while doing their jobs as journalists. Goswami's arrest has triggered a debate amongst journalists whether this constitutes an attack on the freedom of the press. It will make no difference to the state of media freedom in India, which has been battered and assaulted by government in Delhi and in many states in India. To know more, please read Kalpana Sharma's piece titled Arnab Goswami's Arrest Isn't About Freedom of Press, It's About the State's Misuse of Power. Dear listeners, writing reports like these not only requires time and efforts, but also resources. News Laundry is a 100% ad-free news platform. We don't depend on advertisers, we depend on you because when the public pays, the public is served. When advertisers pay, the advertisers are served. 
for interviews, podcasts, reports, and a lot more, please check out our website, newslaundry.com. If you think we deserve your support, which costs as little as rupees 300 a month, then please hit that subscribe button on top right corner of the website and pay to keep news free. The governing Janta Dal United and its ally, the Bharatiya Janta Party, appear to be at loggerheads ahead of the crucial third and final phase of the Bihar elections for the remaining 78 seats, which go to polls on Saturday, the 7th of November, over the Citizenship Amendment Act. Addressing a rally at Araria district in Bihar, State Chief Minister Nitish Kumar took a dig at his Uttar Pradesh counterpart, Yogi Adityanath, for the latter's comment on Wednesday that, quote, infiltrators will be thrown out from the country, unquote. Kumar, who addressed the rally at Kochadaman in Kishanganj district, which falls in the state's Simanchal region, indirectly took potshots at the firebrand UP Chief Minister. Kumar said, and I quote, Who is spreading misinformation and talking nonsense? Who will throw out people from this country? All of them belong to this nation, but some are indulging in baseless talks. From the time I have got a mandate to serve the public, I have tried to unite everybody and create an environment of brotherhood and harmony. Some people want to create disharmony in the society in a bid to ensure that they don't need to work. Our objective is to live in harmony and usher in all-around growth and development in the state." Adityanath had said that the government had introduced the CAA to ensure prosecuted Hindu, Jain, Christian and Buddhist minorities in Muslim-majority nations in South Asia, such as Pakistan, Bangladesh and Afghanistan, get citizenship in India and was also committed to throw out infiltrators who are making a sinister bid to breach nation's security. On another note, Nitish Kumar, while campaigning in Purnia, said, and I quote, This is the last day of the election. The day after this election will end, and this is my last election. Ant bala to sab bala, which translate to all's well that ends well, unquote. The Tamil Nadu government today rejected permission for a yatra planned by the BJP. Advocate General Vijay Narayanan informed the Madras High Court that given the risk of a second wave of COVID-19 in the state, it is not conducive to allow large gatherings in the state. He further stated that the court and the union government had placed restrictions on gathering of crowds due to the ongoing pandemic till November 15th, and a government order has been passed on October 31st regarding the same. Following this, the Madras High Court on Thursday dismissed two petitions, one asking for permission and another seeking a ban on the Vel Yatra planned by the Tamil Nadu state unit of the BJP. The court told the petitioners that they could appeal against this decision and that the state government could issue orders on whether the Vel Yatra can go on. The Vetrivel Yatra, the BJP's reply on purported anti-Hindu sentiments propagated by Dravidian parties, is a tribute to Muruga, a popular deity in Tamil Nadu. During the Yatra, the BJP proposed to cover six temples across the state. The Yatra has been planned by the Tamil Nadu BJP, despite strong objections from opposition parties. The Vel Yatra had been planned to conclude on the anniversary of the demolition of the Babri Masjid. Now for some international updates. Globally, COVID-19 has infected more than 4.80 crore people and killed 12,24,144, according to Johns Hopkins University. Over 3.18 crore people have recovered from the infection. 
the United States has recorded over 99,000 new infections between 8.30 p.m. on Tuesday and 8.30 p.m. on Wednesday. Denmark says it is planning to cull more than 15 million animals due to fears that a COVID-19 mutation from mink to humans could disrupt future vaccines. Indonesia fell into recession for the first time in more than 20 years in the third quarter as the COVID-19 pandemic battered consumption and business activity in Southeast Asia's largest economy, official data showed on Thursday. GDP shrank 3.49% on an annual basis in the July-September period, slightly more than the 3% contraction expected in a Reuters poll. The economy contracted 5.32% year-on-year in the second quarter. Indonesia's first recession since the Asian financial crisis in 1998, normally defined as two consecutive quarters of economic contraction, came as the country struggled to contain the coronavirus outbreak. Authorities in Indonesia, which has the highest COVID-19 cases and death toll in Southeast Asia, expect about 3.5 million people to lose their jobs this year, with the government and the central bank both taking action to try to soften the blow. Statistics Bureau Chief Suhari Yanto said, despite the annual contraction, the economy showed improvement in the third quarter from the previous three months in all sectors. Democratic presidential candidate Joe Biden has won 264 of the 270 electoral college votes needed to declare victory, strengthening his lead with wins in Michigan and Wisconsin on Wednesday. Donald Trump has 214 electoral college votes after gaining one vote in Maine. Biden holds a lead in Nevada, which has six electoral college votes, just enough to get him over the line. Trump's lead in Georgia began to narrow late on Wednesday, and as more postal votes are counted, Biden could flip the state and win its 16 electoral college votes. Addressing supporters at the Chase Center in Wilmington, Delaware, Biden said it was clear he would hit the 270 electoral votes needed to win the presidency. Biden said, and I quote, I'm not here to declare that we won, but I'm here to report that when the count is finished, we will be the winner, unquote. On Wednesday evening, Trump and his campaign sued to halt vote counting in three battleground states and requested a recount in another. But at this moment, there is no evidence that the campaign's allegations will have a bearing on the election result under the law. Instead, the concern is how litigation plays in the court of public opinion, where the suggestion of fraud in one battleground state could cast doubt on the whole election. Vanita Gupta, president and CEO of the Leadership Conference on Civil and Human Rights said, and I quote, the more desperate he may become, the more baseless allegations there are about the ways in which states count ballots, about a democratic process and his own authority over the process, unquote. And now for some homegrown stuff from newslaundry.com. Last week, NL Hafta reached its 300th episode. Abhinandan Sekri, Manisha Pandey, Raman Kirpal, Jayshri Arunachalam and Anand Vardhan talked about Bihar elections, France and Islam, the 2 plus 2 India-US talks, Pope Francis on the same-sex civil unions and a lot more. On developments in France, after a school teacher was beheaded, Manisha said there were many nuances to what happened. While Abhinandan pointed out that criticizing Islam is not Islamophobia, Manisha explained the power imbalance between the Muslim population and the white population in France. Here's a snippet from the episode. 
what you said about the anti-semitism versus the islamophobia or the perception of it hmm. i think one big difference i was just seeing this poll and i'll just try to pull it out when others are weighing in hmm. that while 85% or 95% of the muslims in france feel that you know violent reaction to ridicule of the prophet or islam they condemn it they are against it but in france the amount who think that such cartoons should not be made because it's provocative is also 75% many people don't understand this french tradition of mockery and this is going to be one of my uh, suggestions to read also but charlie hebdo yes it's the radical left there and yes not everyone reads it and they've offended everyone like they've made fun of the church they've made fun of all religions and it is built on a very strong tradition of mockery which is very distasteful to some but it's had its roots in voltaire literally and this is very dear to french people and white french people right and i have a lot of french friends who i mean when charlie hebdo happened to them it was like tagore being assassinated that equivalent they really worshiped some of these cartoonists also on nl interviews news laundry shubsoni was joined by shehzad gia sheik a stand up comedian and host of the podcast the pakistan experience He talked about Pakistan's opposition parties banding together to take on the Imran Khan government and what ails the country's political system. Tune in. That's all the news I have for you today. Have a great day or a good night depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the news laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. Catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs, and sport. Visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and subscribe to our YouTube channel.